Hey guys, welcome to Sports and Spouses. This is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Billy, and my wife, Melanie. Say hi, Melanie. Hey. Our podcast discusses the biggest stories in sports through the lens of the average American sports-loving married couple. I am here to provide the perspective of someone who definitely understands and enjoys watching sports, but maybe not always up on the latest breaking news, all the intricacies. Half the time I can't remember who won what championship or World Series the year before, but I love sports. Yep, and I love that she loves sports. So this perspective that she brings introduces a fun and interesting dynamic. So be sure to smash that subscribe button. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram. And please tell your friends about us. So thanks for joining us. Welcome to episode two of Sports and Spouses. We're covering the week of Sunday, March 3rd through Sunday, March 10th. So let's get to it. Our top story of this week is LSU men's basketball coach Will Wade. It was suspended indefinitely amid recruiting scandal. Um, he is in big, big trouble. Uh, FBI wiretaps. Uh, intercepted a telephone call between him and um, Christian Dawkins. Um, Christian Dawkins is a former NBA agent, uh, former runner for an NBA agent, um, and he was recently sentenced to six months in federal prison, uh, Dawkins was. Uh, Earlier this week, he was found guilty of fraud and conspiracy charges for facilitating payments from programs to the families of recruits. Um, He's been connected to several schools, including Louisville, Kansas, NC State, and most recently Creighton, TCU, and now LSU. Um, So um, wiretaps were intercepted. Um, Will Wade, um, who LSU is having a phenomenal season. Uh, They just won the regular season uh, SEC championship. They got the one seed in the SEC tournament this week. Um, So um, they're talking about – well, who is now a freshman at LSU. His name's Javante Smart. And at the time, he was the number 31 player in the country in ESPN's 100 top players. Um, but he was talking about him, and he said, quote, I was thinking last night on the smart thing, talking about the player smart, not the, the, you know, the smart thing to do, because this is a really dumb thing to do. <laughs> but he went on to say, Quote, I'll be honest with you, I'm blank tired of dealing with this thing. Like, I'm just blank sick of dealing with the blank. Like, this should not be that blank complicated. Dude, I went to the handler with a blank strong ass offer about a month ago. Blank strong. The problem was, I know why he didn't take it now. It was blank tilted toward the family a little bit. It was tilted toward taking care of the mom, taking care of the kid. Like it was tilted towards that. Now I know for a fact he didn't explain everything to the mom. Now I know he didn't get enough piece of the pie in the deal. It was a blank, hell of a blank offer. Hell of an offer, especially for a kid who is going to be a two or three year kid. In a different telephone call with Dawkins, Wade joked that the player would be compensated more than the quote rookie minimum. Which tells me that he's done this before. Uh, Wade also told Dawkins 
that he had made deals for, quote, as good of players as him that were a lot simpler than this. So Wade's in big, big trouble. Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, he's brought great players to LSU, obviously, and now we know how he's done it. Um, LSU's had a great season. But now Wade has been suspended indefinitely, and my guess he's going to lose his job. Um, I don't know about jail time, but this is not good. But LSU released a statement. Um, LSU President and Chancellor F. King Alexander and Vice Chancellor and Director of Athletics Joe Oliva said... All of us at LSU share the obligation to protect the integrity of this institution. As such, we have suspended head coach Will Wade indefinitely until such team as we can ensure full compliance with the NCAA as well as institutional policies and standards. Um, Melanie, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Uh, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah. They're so successful. It's just, it's, um, you know, sad that that kind of stuff probably happens a lot of places and people just can't get by by doing things the right way. There's always some other motive in the background. And so it's kind of sad for the players. Cause yeah. It's really sad for the, you know, the players that got there, you know, the old fashioned way without getting paid. But also, I mean, the recruits should know better too. I mean, they're not victims. Oh, yeah. They're letting them show them around and who can give me the best mm -hmm. knowing that it's against the rules. I mean, mm -hmm. they're just yeah. as guilty by taking whatever they're given for sure. And there was another kid, uh, back. Oh gosh. When was it? Uh, a couple years ago, maybe. Oh wait, there was a 2019 recruit. Um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I'm going to butcher it, but, he was also, Wade was also tapped uh, talking on the phone about this kid. And um, Dawkins was the same guy talking to him. And his first, the kid's first name is Balsa. So um, in, the, in the quote, he said, uh, you said to me, there was a 2019 kid that I wanted to recruit. They can get him to LSU, but you would have funded. Would you want Balsa? And Wade said, oh, the big kid. And Dawkins confirmed he was talking about uh, Copra Vica. And I'm, I probably just butchered that name. And then Wade said, okay, but there is other blank involved in it. I've got to shut my door. But then Wade said, I can get you what you need, but it's got to work. And uh, that kid uh, ended up at Florida State. He did not go to LSU. Um, so this is something that's been going on for a long time. Um, they've been following uh, Will Wade, um, trying to catch him red-handed, I guess. And they did, and Wade is suspended indefinitely, probably going to lose his job, like I mentioned. But it's just sad uh, because LSU has had such a great year. Like like I mentioned, they won the SEC regular season title outright over Tennessee, who has been, gosh, they were number one in the country at one time, then they slipped to number five, and they – you know, just this weekend, they lost to Auburn to finish the regular season. But um, they've got the one seed in the SEC tournament. And it's just sad for the players to lose their head coach who, le who led them the entire season because of something foolish like this. Like, I don't understand 
why people still think they can get away with stuff like this. Like the coaches, the players. I don't understand. What do you think about it? Yeah, same. I mean, same kind of what I already said. Yeah. It's just disappointing. You're not going to get away with it. And then they kind of have to throw away, you know, what they've earned and mm-hmm. everyone loses. Yep. And Javante Smart sat out the last game of the season against Vanderbilt Saturday. Um, not sure if he's going to sit out any other games in the SEC tournament or even the NCAA tournament. Um, LSU is a favorite to get pretty deep in the NCAA tournament. Some experts have mentioned Final Four. So, and, you know, I'm sure that would be with Wade and with Javante Smart. Um, but the whole thing's just disappointing. Um, I'd hate for LSU to lose, you know, such a highly recruited player as well as their head coach has gotten them this far, but what a dumb thing you can do. But I've heard some people say that, you know, the majority of majority of programs are cheating. It's just a matter of what can you do without getting caught. It, It introduces that weird thing too, of like most people's opinion of things getting revoked if they do make it far is like, the teams who lose to them still don't feel like they won. So then it's just a weird thing of nobody wins, even though, you know, if LSU were to win something, it's yeah. going to get revoked. And then yeah. people who lost to them don't want it either. Just yeah. kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Say they win a national championship and it gets revoked. Well, they still won the game and they still get a ring for it. So it's just this weird situation. Like when Louisville won a national championship and it was revoked, I don't remember what year it was. Um, but they still got rings and they still got, you know, a banner and everything, and they still have those memories for life. So it's uh, revoking wins and revoking national championships is such a weird thing to me. But anyway, such a disappointing thing. Um, we'll see what plays out and we'll definitely have the latest probably next week for you. That's our top story. All right, moving on to our next story. Antonio Brown is now a Raider. He signed a three-year, $50.125 million contract with the Oakland Raiders. What do you think about that, just off the top of your your head here and that? I was kind of surprised by the Raiders, but I also haven't been following who his options were. Yeah, so his... The teams that were most interested, well, first he wanted to go to San Francisco. He had something going with like Jerry Rice and he and Jimmy Garoppolo hit it off or something. But his options were seemingly between like the Titans and the Eagles and Bills fizzled out because he said he wasn't going to play for the Bills. And but, Didn't you say he wants somewhere that has a chance at winning? Yes. Something and the Raiders are just so yeah, they're brand really new bad. in their situation that you know yeah, so that probably won't be anytime soon. Uh-huh. Antonio Brown said he wants to go he he wanted to go somewhere with a good quarterback and a chance to win. And Derek Carr can be a good quarterback with the right system, right playmakers. He's proved to be a good quarterback when they went I guess they went what, eleven and five or something? couple years ago he was he was really good um but last year Derek Carr was bad the Raiders were bad John Gruden was bad um they shipped off Khalil Mack shipped off Amari Cooper 
And it seemed like they just gave up. But with them bringing Antonio Brown in, looks like they're trying to compete again. Um, so I don't know how I feel about John, John Gruden, right? Yeah. Um, his personality with Antonio Brown, because he's such a nice yeah. guy. He seems like a nice guy that I don't know how he's going to handle a diva coming in and making demands. Yeah. John Gruden likes to be like buddy, buddy with his, with his guys, but he'll also call you out. Like he's been known to call people out and obviously Antonio Brown doesn't like to be called out. Cause that was his beef with Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin. Cause he didn't like to be called out. He wanted to call them out, but you know, he could dish it out, but he couldn't take it. So I don't know. I don't know how well this is going to go in Oakland. Um, especially like, I feel like Derek Carr is a downgrade from Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, he's got a lot of years left, and he can get better. But Derek Carr is no Hall of Famer. So I've seen some of the passes. How long has Derek Carr been around? Oh, you put me on the spot. Probably this might be his fifth year, maybe oh. somewhere mm-hmm. in there, maybe in that range ish. But if he if he was gonna call Ben Roethlisberger and say, "Well, Ben should have thrown me a better ball." Well, he's going to say that a lot to Derek Carr. So, but anyway, the the salary is uh, $50.125 million for over three years. It's actually a big old increase from what he was getting in Pittsburgh. He's, his contract in Pittsburgh was three years, $38.925 million. So he's getting... Looks like about $12 million more or 11 something. Um, Steelers get a third and a fifth round pick from the Raiders. So two draft picks, two, you know, mid-range draft picks. Um, But I'm just, I'm just not sure Antonio Brown's going to be happy with the situation in Oakland because he's not going to win immediately. I'm not sure he's going to mesh with John Gruden. um, And I'm not sure. He's going to, you know. Do you have any other big players for him to kind of drive with? No, they shipped them all off. <laughs> Derek Carr's the biggest guy there. <laughs> uh, they had Amari Cooper. That would have been that would have been lights out if Amari Cooper and Antonio Brown would have been there with Derek Carr. But the Cowboys have Amari Cooper now. Okay. So, but anyway, Antonio Brown is now a Raider. So we will see how it goes. Okay, moving on, we're going to talk a little NBA, talk about LeBron James. So LeBron is going to be reducing and limiting his minutes for the remainder of the season. Um, Right now he's averaging about 35 minutes a game, but going forward for the remainder of the season, he's going to be capped at 28 to 32 minutes a game. Um, What are your thoughts on that, just off the top of the head? So, I don't know. I mean, is that just kind of what they do these days? Did they do that back? Michael Jordan and them were around. Is that something they did? Um, I feel like, I feel like, well, I, I grew up in the, in the Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant era. And I feel like they would never do this. So this is when, this is when I struggle with LeBron James as the GOAT. 
because I feel like in order to be the GOAT, you have to have that GOAT mindset. Like, I'm the greatest. I'm going to will my team to a playoff spot or at least the best record possible. Like, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, all these guys, they're not going to limit their minutes. Tom Brady's not going to sit out a quarter, you know, at the end of the game. He's going to try to win as many games as he can. Same thing with with uh, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. If they're, you know, like the Lakers are right now, they're in 11th place in the Western Conference. They're seven games back of a playoff spot with 16 games left. I mean, they're still, I mean, technically, if they, you know, really, really played well, they could still, you know, barely make a playoff spot. It's still mathematically possible. But for LeBron James to limit his playing time and play less than half the game, I feel like that's not a GOAT mindset. Not He's not thinking like the greatest player of all time. Like he said, you know, in an interview, you know, when he won his his championship with Cleveland, he said, that's when I knew I was the greatest or whatever he said. So. It seems too that the NBA is more like, you know, divas and catering to that sort of thing. And yeah. Certain people kind of run the show, so maybe it's just part of it. Yeah. But I also feel like this is just kind of a white flag for the Lakers because the the Lakers do have some season-ending injuries. Lonzo Ball is out for the season. Brandon Ingram is out for the season. And LeBron doesn't have an injury. He's His groin is better. He's back full strength from his groin injury. But him limiting his injury – I mean, limiting his minutes, rather. Um, it's basically saying, I don't think we're going to make the playoffs anyway, and we got two guys out for the season, two you know really good role players. I just think we're done, so I'm just going to take it easy and shut it down and just worry about next year and see who else we can get in here. Which, I mean, if you think about it, you would, probably wouldn't fault like college players for doing that or people who – you know, don't want to get hurt for the future or not going to play a certain amount because they don't want to. So we're going to, we kind of fault him for it. Well, I, I fault him because he's the unquestioned leader of the team. He's trying to build this team from the ground up. And also he's self-proclaimed greatest player of all time. And he's built this following that all these people think he's the greatest player of all time. Just play the game, you know, with your regular minutes. That's my thought on it. But, you know, aside from that, I think the Lakers are, you know, kind of a dumpster fire right now anyway. So maybe they just have given up and they're okay with that. Because there is that whole thing with, you know, Lakers owner, Jeannie Buss, I think is her name. Um, when when there's the thing about Lakers were going to give get rid of like, you know, five guys or whoever, which included Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma in the trade to get Anthony Davis and that didn't work out. Anthony Davis is still a Pelican and those three guys are still Lakers. Jeannie Buzz came out, you know, within the last week or two and said uh, that what trade rumor was just fake news. So apparently the Lakers weren't really willing to give up all these guys to get Anthony Davis, even though LeBron was seemingly trying to recruit Anthony Davis and there were reports on every news outlet possible 
that this trade was in place and then it just kind of fell apart at the last minute. So I, I, I feel like the Lakers are just kind of in a weird spot right now. And this might be LeBron just saying, let's just call it a year and just see if we can get another guy to help me out next year and just try to compete next year. Say there's always next year. But I also agree. It's like not fair that everyone always tries to throw this greatest of all time talk at him when he's still playing. Yeah. No one knows what his totals are going to be when he's done. And it's kind of something you have to evaluate as a total career before you go comparing him. And everyone's been doing that for a few years. Yeah. That's true. I'm sure on to his credit, he's probably tired of that talk. Yeah. And just doing his own thing. So, well, he's kind of, I mean, he went to nine straight NBA finals, which is unheard of, which, you know, that puts him in the conversation. But I don't know the numbers off the top of my head because I'm not an NBA guy, so to speak. But he lost more than he won. Hmm. So he can will his team to the finals. But once he gets there, he doesn't have, you know, the cast around him to, you know, beat the Warriors. (laughs) You know what I mean? But anyway, that's my thoughts on LeBron reducing minutes. I'm not a fan of it because, you know, L.A. Nation – Laker Nation, they go to games to watch LeBron. You know, he came there. He was going to be the savior of the Lakers. He was going to be the next Laker great. And now for the remainder remainder of the season, the Lakers, Laker fans have 16 games left. I'm sure maybe half of those are home games. And now they're going to see LeBron for half the game. So I don't think that's fair to fans in particular from that perspective. But anyway, okay, our final major story of the week and talk a little MLB baseball. So Vegas released their uh, over under win total predictions for 2019. Um, I this is the stuff I just can dig into all day long. And I find it really interesting. Um, I broke it down um, between the divisions. AL, NL, East, Central, West, in each in each uh, each division, um, and it's really interesting. Um, even after the Bryce Harper trade um, from the Nationals to the Phillies, the Nationals are still picked to win the NL East. What are your thoughts on that? It is interesting, but I also don't know who else left on the Nationals. So. <laughs> I didn't think anybody players if they're still predicted to be better. Yeah. I mean, the Nationals got rid of Wilson Ramos. He's a Met now. And they got rid of uh, Bryce Harper. I mean, the Phillies are always, you know, pretty good. So for them to pick the Nationals over them with Bryce Harper on the Phillies now is kind of something they know that we don't. Yep. So starting with the NL East. The Nationals are picked to win the NL East with 89 and a half wins. And for some reason, Vegas likes to base their odds on half, like 0.5. So the Nationals are projected to finish with 89.5 wins. And then coming in second, there's a three-way tie for second between the Phillies, Braves, and Mets at 86.5 wins. 
And the Mets kind of stocked this offseason. They added Robinson Cano and Wilson Ramos from the Nationals. So, which I didn't realize until today. Um, I, don't, I don't follow the Mets that much. Um, but the Phillies, Braves, and Mets, that's going to be – the NL East is going to be the division to watch in the major league, I think. Um, and then the other interesting one I found was the NL Central um, – which I follow, you know, every day because we're Cardinals fans around here. Um, but the Cubs are favored to win the NL Central with 89.5 wins. Cardinals are favored to come in second um, with 88.5, just one game back. So that's going to be a tight race. And what I found interesting was the Brewers, who won the NL Central last year and are still stocked, still loaded, um, they're, they're picked to come in third in the Central with 86.5 wins, three games back of the Cubs. So I found that really interesting. Um, AL East, Yankees projected to win with 96.5. Um, Red Sox second, 93.5. Tight race there. Um, that's really the, the only tight races uh al central indians you know they run away with it with 90 wins 90.5 al west astros run away with that one with 96.5 and then the nl west dodgers run away with that division it's not even close the dodgers 93.5 closest second is the diamondbacks with 73 so 20 games um, I think separates. Oh wait, there's the, the Rockies with 84. So still nine games between first and second in the in the NL West. And I thought the Rockies would compete a little more this year. Um, but the best record, um, best record in baseball according to Vegas, tie between the Yankees and Astros with 96.5 wins. Worst record in baseball, Orioles yet again. Uh, they're projected to get 59.5 wins. Last year in 2018, they finished with a record of 47 and 115. Jeez. Good grief. It's tough to be an <laughs> Orioles fan right now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's just tough to be a Baltimore fan. Hopefully they do better than that. Yeah. That's pretty bad. Yeah. But that's what I found interesting. Um, I'm a, Huge baseball nut. So um, NL East and the NL Central and the AL East are really the divisions to watch. The NL East in particular, it's going to be a four-team race. Um, so it's exciting times in the MLB. How about some pickums, shall we? Let's do it. First, let's recap last week. Um, so last week's pickums. Um, we picked between the, uh, Thunder and Blazers on Thursday. Um, I picked the Thunder, Melanie picked the Blazers, and the Thunder won 129 to 121, so I took that one. Friday, uh, we picked between the Warriors and the Nuggets, and we both picked the Warriors, and the Warriors won 122 to 105, so we both got that one. Uh, then we picked the Duke-North Carolina game on Saturday. We both picked North Carolina, and we both got it right. North Carolina won 79-70. And that was a closer game than I thought, even without Zion Williamson. 
Yeah, I was going to ask. I didn't pay attention to <laughs> he played or not. No, he did not play. And it was – I didn't watch the game, but I checked it out, and it was it was starting to look like a blowout. And so, so Duke kind of came back on that one. And then we picked Michigan, Michigan State. Um, I think it was a 7-9 matchup. Michigan was 7. Michigan State was 9, uh, ranked nationally. Uh, I picked Michigan. Melanie picked Michigan State. Michigan State won 75 to 63. Melanie took that one. And then, so we're tied as of right now. And for our tiebreaker, we picked the Texas Stanford (laughs) College. Is that even over yet? It is over. Okay. Yeah. Have you looked at the results? Oh, man. Here we go. (laughs) Tiebreaker time. So it was a four game series Thursday through Sunday. And here are the results. Thursday, Texas won four to nothing. Friday, Stanford won eight to one. Saturday, Stanford won four to two. I like the way you're saying it, Texas won today. You're talking with <laughs> oh, a little confidence okay. there. And Sunday, which is today, we record on Sundays. So let me just say oh my God. <laughs> Let me just say, I predicted that it would be a split, a four-game yeah. four series. I predicted two to two. And you predicted 3-1 three Stanford. Stanford. So it could go either way with today's result. Which is? Which is Stanford won nine and yes! up. <laughs> and they, I win. You did win. The, they played seven innings because it was delayed, and they just called it after seven innings. So Sweet. you won this so week's Pickums. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So this week, uh, we're only going to pick two games because uh, March Madness started. Um, So uh, March Madness started, and uh, this week are the conference tournaments and men's basketball. So it's really hard to look ahead on that because – um, because the first, the only games that are showing who's playing right now are like the lower seated teams. Those, the higher seated teams get a buy. So, um, it's not easy. So we're only going to do two games this week. And then next week, the actual March madness will begin and we'll have some better games to pick. So here we go. Um, this week, uh, the first game we're going to pick, um, Wednesday, March 13th, we've got Golden State Warriors at Houston Rockets. Um, Warriors are in first place in the Western Conference. Rockets are in third place in the Western Conference. Their last three head-to-head matchups on February 23rd, Houston won 118 to 112, and that was at Golden State. On January 3rd, Houston won 135 to 134 in overtime, and that was at Golden State. And on November 15th, way back then, um, Houston won again 107 to 86, and that was at Houston. So Houston has won all three times they've met this year. And Melanie. Who are you going to take? Oh, I didn't realize Houston won every time. <laughs> <laughs> you need to reassess. Probably should have looked at your stats before, I guess. No, I'm keeping the Warriors. Oh, you're going with the Warriors. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the clean sweep of the Rockets. I'm going to take 
I'm going to take Houston, H-Town. That's probably a wise choice. Probably not. Warriors probably out How for How did blood. Houston beat them that many times? Well, look at it. They just did. <laughs> I mean, they only beat them by one point in overtime the second time they okay. met. But first time they met in November was kind of a blowout. It was a 21-point no, blowout. But the other times it was pretty close. One point, one point win, and then a six-point win. But anyway, we're split on that one. Um, when we have a college baseball series that we're going to pick, um, Friday – March 15th through Sunday, March 17th, uh, Vanderbilt at Texas A&M. It's the first weekend of SEC baseball, which we're, we're in SEC country and Razorback country. So um, people around here are excited about SEC baseball season. So Vanderbilt is 13-2 and two on the season. Texas A&M is 15-3 and three on the season. So A&M has played more games, three more games. They've got two more wins and one more loss than Vanderbilt does. And it's at A&M. And who are you going to take? A&M. Melanie's taking A&M. Just totally based on gut feeling. What it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a three-game series. What's the count? Oh, man. <laughs> well, if I'm going A&M, it's got to be two. <laughs> it, could be, it could be a sweep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> I'm done. Um, no, I don't think they'll sweep it. I'm going to say 2-1 one Okay. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 Vandy. Good. The, the doors. Okay. So, yeah, we're split on both of those. we got to start putting, like, bets down on who gets oh, to win. Like Wagers. I okay. I should get some sushi or something for this week. <laughs> All right. Well, let's do it. I mean, we could we we're split on both of these games, so we could tie this week, or you know, you could blow me out, or you know, whatever. But anyway, those are this week's picks. Time for the two minute drill. This is when we set a timer for two minutes, and then we try to cover as many little stories as we can in that time frame. Chances are we'll go over. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do it. Timer is starting now. So, Heisman Trophy odds were released from Vegas. Um, Tua Tungavailoa is favored to win over Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts. Do you no, agree with that? He is. No, it's just typical. It is typical. But at the, on that same token, I mean, Tua and Trevor Lawrence are both really good. They so, are really good. and Tua didn't win this year. So, yeah, Tua should but have it's won just, this year. It's just I think. typical. Um. I, I don't think Jalen Hurts will win. I don't think Jalen Hurts will win at all. But. Um, but I do think Trevor Lawrence will win um, over Tua. So I'm surprised Trevor Lawrence isn't favored because the experts were saying um, that if he would have gone, if he could have gone into the draft because he was a true freshman, he could not. But if he could have, he would have probably gone first overall. Next, uh, Manny Machado uh Quoted, he said, I will always be the villain no matter what. I do not know why. You don't? <laughs> I have a few ideas. <laughs> I have several. I have video clips of why you're with, all... Maybe don't step on first baseman's ankles on purpose. Yeah. 
when you're out. Yeah, maybe don't get in people's faces. Don't try to start fights. Don't try to knock the ball out of second baseman's gloves. Don't try to kick second baseman. Maybe when you already broke someone's leg before. Oh, yeah, Don't that keep too. doing that. How about that? Don't keep doing the behavior that yeah. led you to break someone's yeah. leg. Don't be a bad person. Don't be a villain. I don't know why. Yeah. But I know anyway. But anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, Kansas men's basketball did not win the Big 12 regular season title for the first time since the 03-04 season. Good grief, that was 15 years ago. Should Kansas be worried about the future going forward? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, holy cow. Oh my gosh, we have so much left to cover. Oh, we're, we're just right. going to keep going. Wrap it up. <laughs> Um, we got some good 2004 events. Oh so man, we start those. so I don't think they should be worried. Uh, Texas Tech uh, was first in the Big 12 standings, followed by Kansas State, and then Kansas was third. Um, so we're gonna have a little fun with this, um, and we've got some stuff that was going on in 2004, which was the last time that Kansas did not win the Big 12 regular season championship. So here's a look at what life was like 15 years ago. Um, that was Bill Self's first season with the Jayhawks men's basketball team. He's, if you don't know, he's head coach of the Jayhawks. Um, also, uh, you remember the song "Yeah" by Usher and Lil John sure and Ludacris? Do. Oh man, that was my jam. Well, that, <laughs> that was, was that was the, <laughs> that was the number one single on the Billboard <laughs> That was my chart. mom's jam. <laughs> that was everybody's, everybody's jam. jam. Um, also, Nick Saban was preparing for his final season at LSU. Oh, my God. My mind is that blown <laughs> that I can't even pronounce words right. Um, he did a two-year stint with the Dolphins in the NFL after that before you know his reign at LSU. I mean, not LSU, Alabama started after that. Uh, I, uh, then we're moving on. Patriots beat the Panthers in Super Bowl 38, which was more famously known as the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. Mm -hmm. And that was also Tom Brady's second Super Bowl championship. Uh, Eli Manning was also the number one pick in the NFL draft in 2004. Um, and Phil Mickelson was a wee little baby and had yet to win his first golf major. Since then, he's won five majors, including three masters. Wow. And he's been Good a pro. Good job, Phyllis. Yeah, <laughs> Phyllis. Yeah. Phyllis Mickelson. <laughs> That's his grandma. <laughs> um, Phil has been a professional since 1991, and in 2004, he won his first major, which was the masters. That's how difficult it is to yeah, win a major. it's a long time. Yeah. And he's... I think a PGA championship away from uh, the, you know, the career grand slam, wow. which is awesome. Um, so that's the two minute drill. We're probably two minutes over. Yeah. But anyway, good times. We always end the show with our walk off thoughts. Um, my walk off thought is about the Detroit Tigers pitcher, Matthew Boyd. Um, he and his wife started a, a nonprofit um, and they, they, they've taken in 36 girls in Uganda. Um, they provide these girls with food, clothing, and rent 
uh, for their homes. And they've done this to try to keep them from going into sex slavery, which I think this is just so incredible. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, but uh, there's an article by Sports Illustrated, and in the in the article, uh, uh, Matthew Boyd was quoted. He said, "We can end child sex trafficking in Uganda. The bad guys aren't smarter than us. We can end this. We can outsmart the bad guys. We can beat them to the kids. We can protect them." Um, that's just that's incredible. Um, Thirty six. Really sorry to interrupt you. Um, you know, just an example of someone using their influence and funds right. for yeah. something really good instead of new cars and more diamonds and yeah, for sure. material things. And they're actually yeah. making a really big difference on something that is absolutely terrible. Yeah, they're funding, you know, livelihood for 36 girls. Well, and saving them from the most traumatic experiences anyone would ever go through. Yeah, for sure. But their their nonprofit that they started is called Kingdom Home. Uh, they're raising money to build land in Uganda so they can expand. Their goal is to provide a vocation and possibly even uh, pay for the, these these kids, these girls uh, in Uganda to go to college or university. So if you're interested in checking out uh, Kingdom Home, you can visit kingdomhome.org. Uh, that's kingdomhome.org. Uh, you can sponsor a child or uh, look into donating. So that's my walk-off thought. What's yours? Um, my walk-off thought is just this time last week, I was sitting here bouncing on a birthing ball, a.k.a. a $10 exercise ball from Academy. And now, today, I'm holding a six-day-old. And it's just <laughs> crazy, unexpected, but amazing just how you – don't know what's next because he was early. So <laughs> yeah. it, just really cool. But that's yep. my walk off. Just we're sitting here just getting our first episode out of the way and do, 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 unbeknownst to us how much it was going to change, yeah, which we knew it would eventually, but not, you know, the next morning. Yeah. Went so. to bed after recording and at 2 a.m. Melanie's water broke. So now six days later. Here we we're are. sitting here recording another episode while holding a baby, a six-day-old <laughs> baby. <laughs> so, so change it. life has changed <laughs> a lot, amazing. but we're grateful, and we love our baby. <laughs> but anyway, um, this has been Sports and Spouses. We appreciate you joining us. Be sure to smash the subscribe button wherever you're listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And be sure to share this with your friends because that's the really the only way this is going to grow is if other people know how awesome we are. So, <laughs> so thanks for listening. Continue to listen. Any final thoughts? Nope. All right. All right. Well, see you next week. Thanks for joining us.